Welcome to The Bottleneck. The Bottleneck is a podcast dedicated to the love of factory and automation games. We're here to bring you the latest news and game reviews in the genre. I'm your host, Dave, joined by my fellow co-host, longtime friend and virtual drinking buddy, Chris. We're a couple of guys who have decades of gaming experience across a variety of games, who in the past couple of years have shared a deep appreciation for factory and automation games. So right off the bat, Dave, what are you drinking tonight? Tonight, I'm getting things started with a Black Butte Porter from Deschutes Brewery out in Oregon. This is one of my favorite porters in the entire world, and I found it in cans for the first time. Um, it's just, you know, nice and malty, roasty, just delicious. It's by far one of my favorites. What, what do you have tonight? Well, I've... Went by the uh, beer store the other day, and they had a four-pack of Waldo Special Ale from Lagunitas. So, cracking open one of those tonight. The Triple IPA. It's been a while, but it's one of my favorite seasonal, you know, special beers that come out every year. So, looking forward to getting into this. And yeah, the Day Shoots Brewery up in Oregon. That's they make a lot of really good beers up there. They do. Um... Yeah, triple IPA is a little much for me. I, I like some hoppy, but that goes a little over the top most of the time for me. <laughs> it's a good one, though. I love my malt. Oh, yeah. And the Black Butte's a very good one for that style. In this week's current events and notable news, Junkpunk released information about their upcoming May 4th patch called Monolith 2. Looks like it's going to add a lot of new content. Uh, Dave and I haven't quite played this game yet. It's a, It was a little too unfinished for us when we went to give it a try, but maybe after this patch comes out, we'll take another look. Yeah, we both own it, um, and I don't regret buying it because it looks like it's going to be interesting at some point, but... Just hasn't quite gotten there yet. I'm excited to see what happens with this update. Oh, yeah. And one of my favorite airplane playing games, Refactory, was released on Steam recently. Uh, it's I kind of like to consider it like a mobile clone of Factorio, if you play that. And um, I like it better than, than Mindustry, personally. Um, there's a little bit of tower defense in both of those games. But, you know, it's nice to be able to play that one now on... Uh, the the computer if you want to yeah hopefully they improve the ui a little bit the problem i find with all the all these kind of games on mobile is it's just kind of hard to manage the user interface and you know I, i'd like it if they tweaked it a little bit to make it a little easier to play we'll see how that goes yep we're looking forward to that before we mentioned that tectonica was announced it's a upcoming factor game um the devs didn't Ask me anything on Reddit recently. Uh, there's a lot of information if you want to check that out, but a few highlights from it. They didn't say that the world will be handcrafted in the vein of satisfactory rather than procedurally generated. So that you know has its pluses and minuses. And there will be no actual combat, but there will be environmental hazards that you need to navigate and deal with. Dyson Sphere program announced earlier today, as of this recording, it'll be a few days ago when you listen to this, that they're doing another update on April 21st. 
the main content of the update will be kind of like a new game plus. It sounds like as you get further along in your research in the game, it will make researching things in a new game that you create faster. That, to me, seems like a huge positive. Anything that lessens the load of restarting a new game will help a lot with replayability. I actually just restarted a new game a little while ago, uh, mostly so I could get the achievement for getting off world in under an hour, I think it was, getting to a new planet. But uh, I kept playing because I just was having so much fun because it's Dyson Sphere program. Um, so yeah, anything that makes that easier to restart will be great. The other major piece of it, besides just random quality of life that they didn't really get into, is that you're going to be able to add color to your Dyson Sphere. So I'm sure there will be some really cool things coming out of the community once they add that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the new Game Plus. You know, one of the biggest bummers about starting out new is you tend to exhaust those resource veins on your home planet real quick because, you know, you don't have the veins utilization research up yet. So, you know, I personally like that. I mean, I, I, I know I could technically play on infinite resources if I wanted to, but, you know, I feel like that's too much of a cheat. But Yeah, I, I don't have along. as much fun when it's infinite because right. there's just not any challenge at all. Yeah, but having a little bit, you know, less of the pressure, not having to uh, abandon the whole world or the or a home world right at the beginning, you know, within a couple hours of playing is nice. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of Dyson Sphere Program, the game review of the week this week is Dyson Sphere Program, or as we like to call it, DSP. DSP is developed by a small group at YouthCraft Studios out of China. Inspired by Forex games such as Stellaris and factory games like Factorio, DSP is an automation game on a grand scale. Instead of working on one planet or set map, DSP starts you off in a procedurally generated star cluster. This cluster has dozens of star systems with a handful of planets in each one of them. Your goal is to get into space, spread to other planets, planets to exploit their resources and ultimately harness the power of the stars by building Dyson Swarms and Dyson Spheres. There is an expansive list of raw, intermediate, and final products to keep the builder busy. Everything produced has a purpose, either as ingredients in more complex products or building materials for buildings and ships, to even the matrix cubes used to advance research in the game. As you advance research, you unlock more advanced and complex items and buildings. Eventually, the player is tasked with creating universe matrices, which requires some level of Dyson Sphere or Swarm to have been built. The game-winning research, appropriately dubbed Mission Completed, completes the official game, giving the player the option to continue on with the infinite research or to start a new star cluster. Now we would normally talk about initial impressions. I'm not sure, again, like Factorio, how initial our impressions really are. I've got uh, Steam tells me 100 hours in this game right now. I'm sure you have more, especially considering you left it running overnight a few times. Oh, yeah. I think uh, Steam officially says 265. I would say, you know, a little bit less than half of that is true gameplay. I've definitely left it on leaving the, the house so I can catch up on some research. All right. Just blow, blow through some of those infinite researches at the end. So, um. Yeah, I think we're well past initial. It's a very good game, obviously. Yeah, um, I I love it. Uh, spoiler alert, it's close to dethroning Factorio for my fi uh, favorite factory game altogether. 
it's got you know a solid ui it's just uh, the progression is really well designed and i love the feeling of exploring new star clusters finding what's in a new location i i have a tendency to when i'm not playing the game to think about it and then when i'm about to play the game be intimidated by how many things i have to do in the game and get scared of actually starting to play and then once i play i find it impossible to stop playing because it's like oh but i got to do that and i've got to go fix this supply chain i've got to go do <laughs> exactly. that so yeah oh so yeah i have a good factory game oh i totally agree with you i mean factorio has the balance and the fits and years of development balancing all of that so you know it's going to take a lot to un- you know to unseat it from its throne but Definitely DSP is, it's right there, second place. I totally agree with you on that. Definitely is very captive video game. There's not much that I don't like about it at this point. Like all the other game reviews, we're going to go through each of the sections of the game and give you our thoughts and scores on what we think about them. First up is gameplay. I would give this probably about a 9 out of 10 in terms of gameplay again there's not much i don't like the immersiveness of the game flying around i love space-based games like stellaris was probably one of my favorite 4x games to play just because of what you're doing on the on the galactic uh, scale i love being able to fly around planets the assembly lines aren't too difficult to put in the controls there's some tweaks I would make that could be handled with mods, but overall, I find it really easy to build assembly lines and to get things around and set up the logistics. And um, I didn't think the research was too terribly hard or required too many components. I think uh, I forget which one it is, either the yellow cubes or purple cubes in the game, or it requires a little bit of work, but I don't think it's that bad at all. What about you, Dave? How's your gameplay score? Yeah, I I give it a 10 out of 10 for gameplay personally. It's uh I feel like it really knocks it out of the park. There are a few little minor quibbles I have. Things like, you know, blueprints can be a little weird at different levels, um, you know, because because you're working on planets that are spheres, which is slightly more realistic. Uh, you do run into problems where the grid gets compressed closer to the poles and you know your blueprints don't always copy perfectly and sometimes do things at weird angles it just works really well um the yeah everything fits together great i find that i'm usually lagging behind my research and building everything up so that when i get to a new type of cube that i need for my next research i'm i'm a little behind but you know i'm only on my second full playthrough of the game as i build up my library of blueprints and figure out what I'm doing a little better. I expect that to improve a little. And there's a lot of uh, a lot of improvements in the pipeline, according to the developers. Uh, I'm really curious to see what they do with combat, which is going to be the next really major update, supposedly, that they release in likely a, a fair bit of time. Uh, it's not coming anytime soon, but I'm really interested to see how they do combat because they've done such a good job of everything else. Yeah, that's a. I get a little bit annoyed with the blueprints. You know, I'll make a blueprint and literally move it one square up on the map, and there'll be a, a collision with the blueprint. And it's like, come on, I'm in the same hemisphere, and I moved it only at square north. You know, so I get a little bit of a, of annoyance with that. And 
obviously when they released the proliferators into the game i all the blueprints i just got done creating i had to go through and recreate them all so that was interesting but it came at a cost and that was a good cost because using the proliferators is gives a nice little boost of production so it was worth taking the the time to do it yeah and that that's one thing we didn't actually mention to this point because it doesn't feel like it this game is actually still in early access it's not technically a full release so they're still putting out a ton of features and content for this game at a pretty rapid rate considering overall game development timelines and it's pretty impressive yeah and it's only a team of five right now which is the crazy part so yeah the last update added some really interesting things like uh the advanced miners that added a lot of flexibility to how you pull resources in the late game and the geothermal power which let you build a massive amount of power on lava planets with minimal uh minimal resource investment which was really really helpful and then, like you mentioned, the proliferators, which uh, is surprisingly hard to say, but uh, add a lot of value to you know just having coal throughout the game. Basically, all you need to produce it is large amounts of coal, and it just massively improves your production across the board for whatever you want to add it to. But like you said, it does mess with your blueprints if you had them before, and it could be tough to adjust. But you know, if you start <laughs> oh, yeah. now, you would never know a world without proliferator, and it's. That's uh, good. It was thing to use. Yep, it was it was a nice add-on to the game. The next thing we're going to discuss is balance. I find the game to be very well balanced. Like I said, I usually lag a little behind my research in what I'm actually building, but that's just because I'm kind of slow. Uh, I feel like people who you know really keep up and don't take a very methodical approach would be able to sort of build everything in line and do a good job of that without getting too far behind and late game it keeps things exciting with a bunch of rare resources that can spawn on different stars farther away that really smooth out production chains in the late game in a nice way some things you get are really intensive to produce right off the bat uh, especially sulfuric acid but then you can find an alternative way to get them later on and that helps a lot with just how the the gameplay is later on the sheer number of rockets that you need to make a sphere a really powerful sphere at least can get really annoying but i mean it makes sense that you would need to launch a ton of rockets to build this giant superstructure around a star yeah i'm with you the i like the difficulty at the beginning you know like organic crystals is the one i'm thinking of right you need a lot of components to create those just to get the whatever it is the yellow cubes i think and then yep. later yep. on, you you just find veins of or organic crystals laying around, and you know just streams streamlines it so much. And there's oceans of sulfuric acid, so you don't have to produce it anymore. And that definitely makes it interesting. And I, I love the balance. I love the difficulty of a Dyson sphere building one. You know, I think the one I made needed 1.4 million solar sails and something like 160,000 rockets to build it for the node points and all that. I mean, and that's very true to life i mean if we were to build a real one <laughs> in real life it would be a massive amount of resources to to get there and you know the game is definitely definitely like the game from a balanced perspective because it does hit on the the realistic 
aspect for me. One thing I like is, uh, speaking of that, is scales. Yeah, the planets are, they, they seem to be small, but the distance between planets and the distance between different systems is pretty well scaled. I mean, it, they're pretty far apart and there's a lot of room there. So I definitely like the, you know, air quoting the realistic aspect of, of the game. Yeah, there is a little bit of weirdness around the fact that everything is the same size. Um, you know, it makes sense from a video game perspective, but it's not necessarily the most realistic. But uh, like most things in a game like this that has a devout following and extensive modability, there's a mod for that. We didn't get much <laughs> to spend much time with the galactic scale mod, but it lets you have variable planet size. That so looks uh, like a pretty interesting way to play the game then the next category is the controls for the game i thought the controls uh are pretty easy to use the pretty in- intuitive for the most part took a little bit of a learning curve to to get used to them compared to especially if you play like a thousand hours of factorio then you come into a new game just trying to unlearn the the controls from that game learn the new ones but overall um after Playing it for 10 hours or so, I finally got used to the hot keys where they were at, you know, pressing like wide open the Dyson Sphere, uh, pane open or uh, F to build things or I for inventory or E to close out, you know, just I finally got used to them and I became really good at uh, at the controls after a few hours. Yeah, I I found there are a few little annoyances, like the fact that if you're trying to fly to another planet, you can completely whiff really easily if you're not paying a lot of attention as you get close. But, you know, again, there's a mod for that. Uh, yeah, the, the controls are generally pretty intuitive and pretty easy to get to. Um, there's also, you know, sometimes you can have like an awkward dance. My left hand will cramp up when I'm trying to leave a planet as I press shift and space and W and get ready to press caps lock to warp and everything. It, it It's a little, there are a lot of buttons to press sometimes, but it's still, it's all easily accessible. It works pretty well. And once you get used to it, it's become second nature pretty easily. Yep. Um, one thing I forgot to mention in the gameplay and initial impressions before, as I think about controls and the C key, uh, one one minor annoyance that makes a lot of sense is powering your mech. You need to keep your mech powered with various burnable fuels throughout the game. Um, and early on, it can be really annoying. It can sort of limit the things you can do as you scrabble to find resources to both create enough power for your planet that you can burn in thermal fuel plants and also be able to keep your mech powered so that you can keep sending out your construction drones to build things and fly between planets and just even just fly around the planet so you don't have to walk at a really slow pace. Yeah, those early game fuels do not last long. You know, a full stack of of wood or organic material or coal even goes pretty quick. Yeah. So yeah, setting up like hydrogen fuel, getting there as fast as possible is a little bit of a quality of life thing in the game. <laughs> yeah. So I I feel like I hydrogen fuel rods are a thing, but I don't think I've ever actually built one in my entire experience with the game. I always just go straight to uh, the um, Deuteron. Uh, yeah. And before that, I, I only use the like condensed uh, coal, whatever it's called, energized yeah. graphite. That's what it is. Yep. Energized graphite, yeah. Next, uh, graphics and sound. The graphics are great. It's like, it's 3D. You know, you've got a 3D plane that you can fly around in. You can build things upwards and outwards. So it's not 2D like Factorio, but it's not first person 3D like Satisfactory. Everything looks 
quite pretty. The buildings are all neat and usually pretty distinctive, so you can tell what you're looking at. You know, there are a couple exceptions, like the different oil buildings are all kind of similar, but it makes sense that they look fairly similar because they all have to do with oil. The overall feel of it's very immersive and you get some really cool views of like the suns and the spheres and rocket launches. There's just some really, really nice graphics. And the sound, you know, sound isn't a major thing for me in games, but I find that it does a good job of giving you sound cues for what's around you that are pretty good. And the just sort of the expansive space gives you some immersive music and sounds. It's really nice. To be honest, I... uh... A lot of these games this in this genre, I don't typically have the, the sound on. I'm usually listening to music or YouTube in the background or something, so I can't really score the sound. It would be unfair for me to give it. The graphics, on the other hand, I find them very gorgeous as well. I wish I could use the Dyson Sphere, that view of the space as a screensaver, so I could look at it all the time. Um, I love... I love the way the buildings look. I love the look and feel of it. I love the the gridded nature on the planets that are spherical, you know, so you have to worry about the uh, hemispheres. And I don't know, I just think overall, it's a great looking game. Pretty innovative, in my opinion, in terms of, of that look and feel. I'm not sure of any other game that has that look and feel right now where you're kind of an oversized robot on on the top of a planet and everything's spherical and you can see the curve of all the planets because they're not so huge. So overall, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the graphics. Yeah. And another thing we didn't mention is that you can customize your mech. Um, you can make it look as cool or as lame as you want. Uh, I'm not artistic as I mentioned when that patch came out. So I can't really do anything really cool with my mech, but if you want to make your mech look awesome, you can even make it look like Iron Man or something. And uh, yeah, that's just a, a really nice touch. Well, I mean, you're you're going to have to get used to it, though, because when the combat patch comes out, the customization of your mech is going to play into that, like how much damage you can do, tank, just different things for the combat are supposed to play into that mecha customization. So yeah, I really hope that there will be a, a good blueprint uh, system for that. <laughs> I'm just yeah, there is already. That. I saw on the Dyson oh, Sphere print site, there's already some, some mecha blueprints up there. Good. I, ha- I haven't touched it really at all. Like I, I opened yeah. the editor and was so intimidated that I couldn't <laughs> even parse it. There is a lot. There is a lot of things. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the next section is the weight of the game. Um, I like the weight. I think it's very well balanced in that aspect. There's, there's no combat pressure right now. There will be later on in terms of your, your mecha actually getting damaged. Um, but there is resource pressure. As it sits in the normal base game, you do run out of resources on your home planet. You're forced to go out to other planets and look for it. If you want to build like the organic crystals we were talking about or diamonds, for instance, if you don't find a kimberlite ore patch or organic ore patch or a spiniform stalagmite patch or something, right, then it's pretty resource intensive. So there is that there where you're forced to go out and look for these if you don't want to set up, you know, multi-level assembly lines just to make these products you can just mine directly off of other planets. The ability to blueprint once you have a system that works, you can stamp down copies of the blueprints. Overall weights is right in the middle for me. I don't think it's too simple. I don't think it's too hard right now. I think 
it's one of those games you can go at your own pace and you know play it as hardcore as or as casually as you want yeah i agree this is in the sweet spot as you mentioned there can be some resource pressure but you can also set it up so that you have infinite resources if you really want so that there's you know you can just build to your heart's content and never worry about running out of everything i'm i'm curious to play like a half resource game so you can set a multiplier on the resources just to up the resource pressure a little bit and see how how that feels Maybe the next game I start will be like that. It's a good feel to the weight when I'm moving, just like chilling along my long-term research, researching things at my own pace, trying to build up everything before I really move forward. I did notice that the game kept yelling at me that my research speed was too slow, which is a little bit annoying, but I understand where they're coming from, trying to suggest that I should build more, but I don't want to. So please stop yelling at me. (laughs) Thanks. The last category we're going to discuss is replayability and modding. There is a fair bit of modability in this game. They don't really have anything in the way of total conversion mods yet, a la Factorio, but there are a lot of quality of life mods that really do add a lot. In the current state of the game, it is fun to start over and play a new universe, but it can be a little tedious. You know, if you come from an end game, from an end game save, starting a new one, there's a lot of research that increases the things that your mech can do, like improves the number of drones you have and their speed and logistics and things like that. And it can be just like, it can be a huge shock to start over and not have any of those upgrades and like, oh, I can only build three things at once and it takes seconds for my construction bots to get back to me from far away. This is just really boring. It's, you know, still early access Things are going to keep changing. The upcoming metadata update that we talked about earlier with the new game plus functionality should be helpful to add to the replayability of it overall. It hasn't stopped me from starting over again, and I still want to start over again, probably again after I finish the game I'm working on now. We've discussed starting in a multiplayer game. We haven't had a chance to really test out the multiplayer functionality, which is also only in a mod. It's not in the base game but we may do some streaming on Twitch in the next few weeks of a multiplayer game. Yeah, our first uh, experience with that multiplayer mod didn't go too well, did it? Have you have you warp in on my, you know, 8,000 white cubes per minute uh, system and just crash you to, to desktop pretty quickly, so. Yeah, I don't think um, it's yeah. really meant for uh, bringing people <laughs> into a well-developed game. I think uh, building it up yeah, from I don't think so. <laughs> the bottom is probably the right way to go. Yeah, totally agree. I'm personally hoping that they put uh, the official support for modding in there. Right now, you have to go through third-party programs. Uh, what is it? Thunder. What's the name of that? Thunder something. Thunderstore Thunder mod Store. manager. It's an yeah. overwolf mod. No, yeah, you have to do app. Thunderstore mod manager right now to, to do it. I would prefer if there was eventually some Steam Workshop integration. As far as replayability goes, again, my big gripe about this type of genre is when there isn't a, some type of procedural generation. I think it's almost mandatory with this type of game that there is because every gameplay, every run through, you want to have a different um, challenge to it, right? That's one of my gripes of Satisfactory is it's the exact same map every single time. So after a while you're building the same factories there's a there's going to be optimal places to put things when it comes to games that are procedurally generated every game to play through you have to analyze where do i put buildings how should i build the line which planet would be best to do this so i love that about it 
Um, we've had a little bit of experience with the mods so far. They're good mods. Hopefully some of that functionality gets rolled into the base game eventually. I know Factorio's done that in the past. Maybe DSP will do that as well. They'll see what the modding community is doing and, and take note. So then overall, I don't think we have to say much more about it. Obviously we like this game. It's in the, it's over nine out of 10 for me. It takes a very special game to be a 10 and this is pretty dang close. I definitely enjoy it and I have a feeling I'm going to enjoy it for many years to come. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. Nine and a half out of 10. I feel like by the time it's an official release, I would be surprised if it's not a 10 out of 10 for me. Uh, The devs have just done an amazing job with everything so far. And the trajectory of the game is phenomenal. I'm excited to see where it ends up. I love it so far. And I look forward to enjoying more of it in the future as to where you can find the game it's on steam the developers have a site for the game there's an active discord and subreddit for the game as well but it's only available on steam at the moment i don't know if there are any plans to release it anywhere else i think i saw somewhere it's on we on we game but i don't know what we game is i think it's a a chinese version of steam so i think you can find it there as well presumably it's because it's still in early access once they release the full release of the game it may go on things like epic so in dyson sphere program a lot of the bottlenecks are around sulfuric acid or organic crystal but currently in our hands the bottlenecks are all about beer so chris what's in your glass well my next one is uh Dogfish Heads 120 minute IPA. It's about the only beer that can one up a Waldos, you know, being the triple IPA. This would be, oh, I don't even know what this would be considered a, you know, infinite IPA. An infinite IPA, because according to Untapped, this year's batch is over 20% ABV and they, they, they say it's in excess of 1,000 IBUs. So I'll, I'll, I'll be the judge of that. But yeah. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how this one goes. <laughs> what about you? What's in your glass this time? That sounds like eating a pine cone. <laughs> um, I actually switched away from beer at this point. Uh, I recently, well, I for a while now I've been making this, but I recently made a new batch. It's a homemade Irish cream. Ooh, it's a really nice recipe from Smitten Kitchen. It's basically Bailey's, but tastes even better. It's absolutely delicious. More of a dessert than a a drink, really. Not super alcoholic, but delicious. Sounds delicious. I haven't had a good Irish cream since uh, our last trip to San Francisco when we swung by Buena Vista. So that sounds delicious. It's really easy to make. I'll have to send you the recipe. Yeah. In fact, I can just describe the recipe right now. (laughs) You uh, put about a tablespoon of cocoa powder in a bowl slowly whisk in some heavy whipping cream to uh, once you've whisked in a cup of heavy whipping cream then you just add a can of sweetened condensed milk a half cup to a cup of jameson or any other irish whiskey you know the more you put in the more alcoholic it will be and a little bit of vanilla then whisk it all together and there's your irish cream wow that's definitely a, d- a desserty version of it. 
sounds del- like almost like a Irish cream mousse. Yeah, it's uh, it's real good. Oh, I'm jealous. So outside of your Irish cream, uh, have you been playing any games lately? Anything that's been special or notable this past couple weeks? Well, I have been playing a fair bit of DSP in the past week or so. As we prepared for this podcast, I just wanted to get back into it. And it's once you get back into it, it's hard to get back out of it. Um, <clears throat> I also recently bought Rune Factory 5 in a moment of weakness. It's been very hard to put that down. Yeah, I was going to say the last episode, I thought you were going to wait on buying that. So it's kind of funny to hear you pick the pick that up. <laughs> yeah, I was. And then, uh, yeah, events conspired against me and I had a little bit of downtime and decided to buy it. Yeah, it's uh, it's very fun. I think four is a better game, but I've already played that one to death. It's nice to have a fresh new game with a lot of the same charm. But it's uh, it's pretty well done. It's nice. I, I don't know how how much longevity it's going to have, but we'll see. What about you? What have you been playing? Uh, most heavily this the past couple weeks is satisfactory. Another friend of of ours uh, started playing it a lot recently, and I didn't know he was into factory style games. So it inspired me to get back in and play it again. And then I noticed they had a dedicated server, so I spun up a dedicated server. This is by far the furthest along in the game I've ever played. I'm getting pretty pretty close to the end game of that one finally, and I've had had quite the time with it over the last two or three weeks. Nice, yeah. I'll have to hop into that uh, dedicated server. It's I, I've never gotten that that far into it, but I I enjoy making buildings. I don't enjoy the tedium of creating the production chains and satisfactory. So when you're already doing most of that, maybe I'll just come in and build some cool buildings for you to fill in with production chains. There you go. Yeah, I'm I'm all for that. Definitely for that. Now it's time for the mod spotlight of the week. Um, sometimes we'll do mechanics, but this week we're going to talk about mods. I posted on the Dyson Sphere program Reddit to see if people had suggestions for good mods to check out and got a nice response there. So I really wanted to take a look at Galactic Scale, but didn't really have time to explore it in depth before we recorded this podcast i'd need to start a new game and do a lot of space exploration in that game yeah I think maybe that we'll was do one, a, yeah that was one we talked about doing a multiplayer twitch stream on that one right so we could you know kind of showcase that one at the same time maybe keep an eye out for that guys and see me and dave uh dwell into the galactic scale mod and and uh some some multiplayer yeah, yeah. Those those two mods, the uh, Galactic Scale and the Nebula Multiplayer, will be a, a good showcase there. But in the meantime, we also installed a few quality of life mods that were recommended on Reddit and that we had found, and a lot of them were really excellent. My my favorites were Cruise Assist, which was one of the Reddit suggestions. It lets you actually land on the planet you're targeting without having to like carefully pay attention and guide yourself to it as you get close by. 
this negates one of the biggest annoyances I had about the game, especially in the early game. And I think they should add this in vanilla. Uh, I didn't love the way the mod was implemented. The interface is sort of a large, annoying pop-up that isn't super intuitive. But the the functionality is excellent, and it works. So that's yeah, important. I, yeah, I like this mod a lot, too. Um, once I figured out what the UI was about and how you can go in and select your target, right it it kind of made it a lot easier and yeah warping it basically dumps you out of warp and you slam into the planet you know it's spot on because you know the the planets do move in real time right so as you're flying to them they are actually moving out of your your way (laughs) so you have to constantly have to have to correct course on that so um the next mod was the dsp space station info i it just it's just a simple mod that puts an overlay over each of your logistic stations of what's currently stored in them, right? So you either get a bunch of asterisks if there's nothing in that slot, or it tells you how much of an item you have in there. And I like this one just in the short time that I used it because a quick glance, I can see what station was empty with the product for some reason that it was importing, right? And it's like, all right, I have something quick and easy. I could see where I have a bottleneck or where I need to go and fix an issue. Yeah. And in one of my games, uh, the game that I really first started off with, I had these grand plans of building this awesome mall world. And I just have at this point, like hundreds of uh, logistics stations scattered about the planet. And it turned into also a science world and also a lot of intermediate products. And it's just impossible to find anything. So this mod made it so that I could just fly around and, oh, look, there's where all the buildings are that I need to pull a few of. Um, so it's just, it's super helpful. I really love not having to click into all the buildings to figure out what's in them. Uh, another one I tried was Super Nightlight. It's a really simple one. Uh, you can press, I believe it's Alt-L. And if you're on the dark side of a planet, it will just toggle the sunlight, essentially. It'll let you see everything. You know, it's it's just, it's kind of annoying when you're on the, on the side of the planet that's not facing the sun, that you can't really see much, and you can't tell different veins apart all the time, depending on, you know, which shape they are. It's, it can be really hard to tell, like... Um, your copper and your iron from each other when you're on the dark side so just being able to toggle that is just really helpful i haven't been able to use that one yet uh i like the the dark side of the planet on my science world because you see all the pretty colors everywhere and again another one of those i wish it could be the the screensaver for my computer um but i could definitely see the the use behind it because sometimes you just it's way too dark so Hopefully I'll get some use out of that here soon. The next one is better stats that was su- su- suggested by the Reddit world. Um, I like this because uh, when you hit P to bring up your production tab, it not only tells you what the consumption is or the the production of it, but it also tells you the theoretical max con- consumption or production of it, and as well as how many consumers and producers of each item. And... That's a hugely useful mod for me because 
whether I need to go by system or by specific planet or by the entire uh, star cluster, I want to be able to see, am I actually producing enough to hit the theoretical max consumption or do, do I need to put down another assembly line for intermediate or something along that line? So having that snapshot, having it all in one in one place is, is really nice. Yeah, that that's just, it's amazing to be able to see, you know, the actual the actual targets rather than just the, the, the instantaneous values. Another good one that we tried is assembler UI. It adds also the projected production as well as the instantaneous production and consumption to all of your production buildings. So if you go into an assembler, you can see, you know, not only the vanilla, how many is this producing right now of the end product, but it also shows you exactly how many of every raw material or intermediate material it's using, it's consuming per minute, and how many of the final product it's producing per minute, not just how many of the final output. So for recipes that produce two or three or more of different end products, it will actually tell you the expected amount of that rather than just, um, you know, how many units of the recipe you produce. I found that to be extremely helpful in that it, you know, made it so that I didn't have to think or do math while I'm trying to look at things. Yeah, I don't know about you, but you're probably like me when you're setting up these uh, assembly lines or you're either going to the satisfactory calculator on GitHub or you're constantly bouncing back and forth to the recipe to try to figure out in your head how much you need to, you know, you need to use or what it's producing. And, you know, having that information right up there in the UI was very helpful. Yeah, um, I get a lot of pleasure out of uh, actually like manually calculating ideal production chains for things like this. Uh, but I don't mind something that makes it a lot easier to do that within the game i it annoys me to have to alt tab out of the game to find a something to improve that process thanks for joining us tonight as we delved into dyson sphere program we hope you enjoyed the show and if you have any suggestions for us please let us know we're always looking for feedback you can email us at bottlenecksshow at gmail.com hit us up on twitter at at bottleneck underscore show or check us out on twitch the bottleneck show we'll see you next time as always the factory must grow